When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, the streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more common con- content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them on the right of the week in a few moments here on the show. Before we do any of that, though, Jonathan Hankins set to miss the reminder of the regular season with a pec strain. Jerry Jones confirmed so today on 105.3 The Fan. That means that for the next four games, Jonathan Hankins will not be suiting up for the Cowboys. There is some hope that Hankins is ready to come back for the playoffs, but let me know in the chat if you think that losing Jonathan Hankins for the rest of the regular season is a big deal, small deal, or no deal. Let me know in the chat how big of an impact will this have on the way that the Cowboys have done things. Because listen, when the Cowboys traded for Hankins, It was a relatively quiet kind of move. We liked it. We didn't make a a fuss out of it, maybe. But we knew knew how important Jonathan Hankins could be for this team. He plays a discrete position, no stackle, especially on running situations. And he tries to do what a no stackle does best. Occupy blockers, occupy space and clean up defensive looks for the linebackers and for other defenders. Will this be a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Let me know in the chat. I've got a number for you, actually, that I think really gives us a clear answer. But let's see. Holly says, small deal. Mark Aaron goes with big deal. Floyd goes with small Bruce says, it is a big deal, all right. Quentin as well goes with Bill. Uh, Lumen, though, goes with small. Uh, Peter Rizzo, big deal. Nicholas, big deal. Wretched Toxic says, big deal. We cannot stop the run in the playoffs historically. Now, important point here, because uh, Toxic is right, but important point here. Silver lining is that he might be ready for the playoffs. However, I got to tell you something. Doesn't sound like it is a confirmed thing. It might happen. Cowboys might get number 95 back. Obviously, getting him back would be huge for Dallas. And hopefully, the Cowboys need him for multiple games come playoff time. Charlie Ince is a big deal. He was a run stopper, making LBE's job easier. And you got to love defensive tackles, like Jonathan Hankins especially. Because Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, they rushed the passer. Uh, Ozo Dizu also rushes the passer. They get sacks. They get pressures. They get noticed. But when it comes to a guy like Hankins, when your job is occupying space 
and you don't hear his name called by the announcers every single down, you know that you have a, a kind of low-key profile, low-profile kind of job. But Hankins is important. All right. How important? I'm answering big deal for this one because here are some numbers for you. This is according to Sports Info Solutions. The Cowboys run defense allows 3.5 rushing yards per attempt when Hankins is on the field. But when he's off of it, the Cowboys allow 4.8 yards per attempt. That is over a yard difference for the Cowboys run defense. Now, granted, there are countless variables that play into this stat. You know, Hankins plays in more early downs. So if teams run on the Cowboys in late situations, you know that they are bound to get uh, more yards. But Hankins has been and has made an impact on this run defense. And I think this number makes it very clear because although there are some big numbers, uh, some big variables that also play into this stat, you cannot deny that Hankins is a huge part of it. He's a huge variable on this stat. 3.5 yards rushing, uh, excuse me, 3.5 rushing yards per attempt with Hankins on the field, 4.8 yards per attempt with Hankins off the field. That is according to Sports Info Solutions. Very interesting what the Cowboys do moving from uh, moving forward because I was looking over at the available defensive tackles in free agency. You will not be inspired by any of the names that are available at this point. Maybe if the, if the Cowboys had signed other defensive tackles earlier in the season, you could have a little bit more, a, a little bit of a bigger name. However, I think that the Cowboys will be comfortable moving forward with what they have at hand because it is a talented room of defensive tackles. But probably the guy that will have to step up in the biggest way is Carlos Watkins because Oza is versatile, but he isn't used as a nose tackle as much as Watkins is. We know that last season, Watkins was used as Dan Quinn's primary nose tackle, primary one technique. I think that's what we'll see moving forward for the Cowboys. Now, also keep in mind, this is a very hybrid defensive front. We see tackles play in a lot of different positions on third and long situations. Forget about playing defensive tackles. The Cowboys like to use their four defensive end front to get some pass rushers in there. But still, for the run, to stop the run, Hankins will be greatly missed. And I'm not sure that you can find somebody outside of this team to fill that void. The Cowboys will have to play the next man up philosophy on this one. And I think that Watkins might be the biggest factor moving forward to how the Cowboys perform against the run. Let's see here. Uh, Scotty Oliver, though. Hey, Scotty Oliver with an interesting one. He says maybe Ridgeway comes back. Maybe. Uh, but he is right for the commanders. I know that I know that he's made some plays here. Is he no longer though with the with the commanders? He is, and he is playing a little bit. I'm opening up his his uh pro football reference stat sheet. He's under contract still. Like he he just played even. So Ridgeway maybe not available at this point. He's all right. Next uh next man up says Joey. 
for, uh, time for the defense to step it up. Let's see here. Uh, sure thing. It's true. Barr and Wilson were right there. This is Nate. I don't know if this is, uh, excuse me, regarding another comment. Nicholas says, LV looks terrible out there. Awful at gap assignments. If D-Law doesn't stop Burkhead, we lose. And we'll actually take a look at that play. I don't think that LBE is looking terrible out there. Actually had one of the highest PFF defensive grades. And I think that the tape backs it up. I think that he's playing some good football. I think that he had some big, big plays. Uh, we will take a look at that particular play, actually, because let's talk about Carlos Watkins. Now that we're talking about replacing Ridgeway, now that we are getting into that conversation, I had a small breakdown of the Cowboys' goal line stand. My question from me to you, though, before we get into that is, what is one word to describe the Cowboys' goal line stand that sparked a 98-yard touchdown drive to win the game against the Texans. And with that, while you give me your answers, and before we dive into the tape, into the film room, which is a pre-recorded segment that I have in store for you, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is the CX-5 2.5S Select. And this one starts at 29000 $920. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, all-wheel drive, lane departure warning assist, and a convertible roof with heated seats. Miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. Make sure that you check out the 2022 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So once more, check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. One word to describe the Cowboys' defensive goal line stand. Ooh, I see I see some, some good ones here. See some good ones here. Gregory goes with amazing, surprising for Holly. Dylan, I love this one. Dylan goes with grit. Stressful, says Wretched Toxic. Really was, really was. Game saver for Floyd. Determined, says Peter Rizzo. Mark, says Gutsy. Timely for six. Confidence, dominate, penetration. Damn, a lot of good answers. A lot of good answers. Stellar, says Scotty. Brian goes with Clutch. Mark Aaron says, think that Mo's last name is really Freeman. Hey, it, it might be, you know, you know what my first last name is, Rodriguez, but you know, here in Mexico, we use two of them and you don't know the second. So I cannot deny that it is uh, Freeman, but Hey, my word, my word for the Cowboys defensive goal line stand is hustle because remember when we talked about Micah Parsons making that play against the Lions? Well, let's dive in and let's watch in the second play of the game. Watch Carlos Watkins. That is an impressive play. Here we go. So this is the play that nearly cost the Cowboys the game. Josh Ball giving up the pressure. Dak Prescott hitting the arm as he throws. Interception. The Texans set up 10th at the Cowboys' own four-yard line. That brings up first and goal for the Texans. And they're going to run 
a trap play here. Two pulling offensive linemen trying to outnumber the Cowboys with some gap scheme. Uh, the players, though, are not fooled. Look at Carlos Watkins. Look at Leighton Van Der Rich. They beat the Texans here, even though the Texans are trying to get numbers against them. Great play by Van Der Rich and Watkins, in my opinion. And, of course, Damon Clark also gets involved to finish the tackle. This might be the least impressive play of the drive because the Cowboys defense was on one to get the stop against the Texans. This is the most impressive play of the drive. However, the Texans are going to get in this 2 by 2 look and they're going to have a pre-snap motion here, maybe trying to take uh, a defensive back out of the play here, maybe trying to get Malik Cougar's attention. They fail on that. Uh, while Chris Moore, who was a nightmare on this game, runs a slight route. Very tough route to defend, I would say. Very tough drive to defend because, you know, you've got some, you, you've got a play action here. And I know my drawing sometimes don't make a lot of sense. Uh, but they're going to have some play action in there as Chris Moore runs a slight route behind the line of scrimmage. And he will be matched up against Malik Hooker. It's a tough play. It's a tough play to defend. You could say that Driscoll has the touchdown there if he throws it properly. But he throws it a little bit late, maybe. Hooker misses the tackle, though. Forces him inside. Who makes the play? Carlos Watkins makes the play. Let's watch that from the end zone really quick. Look at where Carlos Watkins is. He has no business making the play on this one. Look at him. Making contact. Look at that hustle. Remember Micah Parsons against the Detroit Lions? This is the defensive tackle version of it. What a moment for Carlos Watkins. The Cowboys don't win this one if it isn't for Carlos Watkins. Back-to-back -back solid plays on goal to go. This is all the Marcus Lawrence. This is all the Marcus Lawrence right here, number 90. The Texans will get a pulling guard. Number 60 will pull the, the right guard for the Texans. I don't know if this is D-Law sniffing out the play or if he reads the guard at the snap, but he crosses his guy's face, abandons his gap essentially, and makes a tackle for a loss. Such an impressive play this one is. Boom. Let's watch that from the end zone. Burkert had no chance at this one. Look at number 60. He is the guy that will pull here. And I repeat, I don't know if D-Law, who apparently has this gap, I don't know if he sniffs out the play or if he makes the read on the right guard, crosses 67's face, and gets the play. Very impressive rep by D-Law. One of the best run defenders at defensive end in the NFL. Man, let's let's watch that again. That is out of this world by D-Law. How do you how do you attack that? Boom. Sets up a very very favorable look for the Cowboys on fourth and goal. And here we go. Here we go.
I'm going to slowly low, oh, you know, increase the volume here because I don't know. I don't want to blast your your speakers or your or your earphones or headphones because I know that maybe the volume su suddenly does not fit when I'm using a pre-recorded segment. So we're back. We are back. I don't know what happened with the audio in that final play of the game for them goal, but the defensive tackles are not fooled. They know what's happening. Play action, not fooled. They attack Driscoll. Listen, I'm happy about this win, though. <laughs> like, I know that it was tough. I know that it was frustrating. I know that. But, hey, we talked about drinking some Kool-Aid last night when talking about T.Y. Hilton. I think it also works the other way because it was indeed a closer game than it should have been. You had no business trailing the Houston Texans in the fourth quarter of a December game. Let's look at the facts, though. This is still the NFL, number one. Number two, the Texans came into this one with a plan. And maybe we didn't talk about this enough on Sunday night or even on Monday night. But re-watching some of the interviews to players, one, one tidbit of information really stuck out. And then you watch the tape and you kind of confirm what Demarcus Lawrence is saying when he explains that the Texans were using very different formations with each of their quarterback. They weren't just rotating quarterbacks for competition's sake. They were actually trying to catch the Cowboys' defense off guard, changing up the looks in a drastic way. And still, the Cowboys' defense kind of held on. And listen, this is the first game in which you're trying to really adjust to the Anthony Brown injury you're trying to adjust to Hankins' injury for most of the game as well. You're trying to adjust to Terence Steele's injury for most of the game as well. At the end of the night, though, the Cowboys averaged over, uh, they averaged 5.7 yards per play above average. They went eight for 15 on third down above average. They had three penalties, decent showing in terms of discipline. Dak Prescott threw some shaky throws, and he threw uh, a couple of interceptions. Whether you want to blame the second one on him or not, the one in which he's hit in the arm as he throws. Turnover game, uh, you know, uh, two, two interceptions. Then you get the Kevontae Turpin fumble. The score is going to look tight. It's always going to happen in those kind of games. I don't think it's time to panic, though. I don't think it's time to start wondering if the Cowboys defense, if the Cowboys have what it takes to compete in the playoffs. Dylan says Texans went in with nothing to lose. We didn't have Driscoll in our game plan, says Nicholas. I think I think they were caught a little bit off guard by that. And I'm not blaming that them for it. We had no way, they had no way of knowing whether or not Jeff Driscoll was going to play. Wretched Toxic says it's basically the same blueprint to beat Dallas. Is it? I don't know if the Texans did something that could serve as a blueprint to beat Dallas. I really don't think they did that. When we talk about blueprint to beat Dallas, uh, if there's one thing that I would say that the Texans did that other defenses should apply when facing Dak Prescott and the Cowboys is they didn't blitz Dak. I think he literally had zero dropbacks facing the blitz. 
And we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago, that that is a, a mistake NFL teams keep making. They keep blitzing Dak Prescott, even though he is a blitz assassin. They don't blitz Mahomes. They don't blitz Varro anymore. They don't blitz uh, Josh Allen that much either. But for some reason, Dak was one of the most blitzed quarterbacks in the NFL, even though he was one of the most efficient ones against it. One of the most dangerous quarterbacks against it. The Texans did not blitz. That is perhaps the one thing that I would say, you know what? That's part of the blueprint to be the Cowboys. It was the blueprint. He's right, uh, says Nicholas. Defensive-wise, they knew they would abandon the run. Eventually, they played cover two all game. Yes, it is. Go Sun and watch Kellen Moore go pass happy. Petty Kellen Moore ran 11 run plays in a row. And that was definitely a, a rough moment. I did not like that either. Uh, I understand that maybe sometimes Moore does overreact to some of the turnovers. And I think that was part of the overreaction. But also, here's my argument. And, and by the way, having one bad drive even in a game is not, you know, to say that, hey, look at what the Cowboys did in that final drive. They were playing Tampa too. And they beat the Texans' uh, cover two scheme with throws over the middle, with throws to the sideline. I don't know. I don't think that playing cover two is a blueprint to beat the Cowboys provided how well they can run the football. I, I can't agree there. Agree to disagree. I don't think that playing cover two is a way to, is a blueprint to beat the Cowboys. It does force them to be more patient but it also forces the defense to be more patient because the Cowboys will run at you. And with Pollard and Seek, they can do that. So having said that, I do think the Blitz think is, you know, what it is. Uh, I think that the defenses should not Blitz Dak Prescott. But yeah, I don't think, first and foremost, I don't think the Texans are the first team to play cover two against the Cowboys this season. That blueprint didn't work during the last drive, says Mark. Exactly. I don't, I don't think that it, that it is. We'd love to see some breakdown, though, of what the numbers are versus zone because it does seem like they struggle a little bit more against that, which makes a lot of sense. That's why cover two and quarters and all of that has taken over the league right now. But I wouldn't see that as, you know, the Cowboys being unable to beat cover two. But I will tell you what. I will jut this down, and tomorrow we can take a look at how the Cowboys fare against cover two and some other uh, different coverages, at least according to Sports Info Solutions, which is a great source of information. Anyways, uh, feel good about you know the overall result of the game. Ob obviously, was not a pretty game, but you got to be excited about the Cowboys putting together a 98-yard touchdown drive in the clutch right after the defense also fires back in the clutch. But hey, what I am concerned about, and I'm going to give you some concerns, some legitimate concerns, more than a tight scoreboard against the Texans. I'm legitimately concerned about the right tackle spot. I don't know if Jason Peters will be the guy. Like, I think he should be. But the Cowboys are saying that maybe they rotate Josh Ball in there as well. And even with Jason Peters, I don't know if he is right now 
as consistent of a run blocker as Terence Steele was, because I think that was a great aspect of Steele's overall body of work, the way that he worked as a run blocker. Fast pro wise, I think that Peters can definitely hold his own. I don't know if you can ask him to be a puller or to get to the second level multiple times in the same game. I don't know if he has that kind of gas in his tank at this point. So I'm concerned about that. And obviously, if the Cowboys play with Josh Ball as well, then I'm also concerned about that particular aspect of it more than anything in the passing game. Because I think that (laughs) Ball's footwork right now looks like a mess. His hand usage also looks a little bit out of control. You don't see him, you know, with his hands tight. You don't see him control his body that well Uh, when he punches defensive lineman he kind of lunches towards him I don't know if he can disconnect his feet from his hands I'm concerned about that overall but I can see the Cowboys working with both and I'm, I'm uh, that, that is definitely a concern Hankins injury is a concern Anthony Brown's injury still a concern those are the things that I'm really stressed about moving forward more than this being a close game against the Texans so those are some of my closing thoughts Tomorrow night, we will start diving into next weekend, though, and we will start diving into what I think is not a trap game. Somebody asked me today on Twitter, is the Jaguars game a trap game? My reply was, no, sir. It is a legit game. Like, it is legitimate, close, by a possible close game. As long as the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence, those guys can win any game in any good day for them. They can beat any team, I think, in the NFL with Trevor Lawrence at the wheel. I'm, that is not to say that they're favorites over everybody. That is to say they've got a chance to beat anybody when Trevor Lawrence is playing because that guy is legit. That guy is not making just, you know, deep throws with it because he has a good arm. That guy is deciphering defenses. That guy is one of the has one of the lowest sack rates in the NFL. The offensive line is holding its own. It's actually top 10 in pressure rate allowed with Trevor Lawrence under center. So yeah, I don't think it is a trap game. I think it is a legit game, which is different. That is different. This should be a competitive football game and the Cowboys better not look ahead to the Eagles, man. (laughs) Because I know that's the one that, that matters the most. They better not look ahead to the Eagles because the Jaguars are a serious football team. They dominated the Titans. They looked dominant. They, Trevor Lawrence turned it up in the final drive against the Baltimore Ravens. We saw these offense be one of the best at the start of the season. They're working through things, sure enough. But I, I, I got to tell you, as a Clemson fan, And I won't be rooting for Trevor Lawrence this Sunday. I guarantee you that. But as a Clemson fan, I've been defending his play in the NFL since last year. But now it's getting clearer and clearer that the guy arrived. The guy is in the NFL right now. And he is a prospect that we thought he was. And I kind of get excited about it because I really enjoyed watching Trevor Lawrence in Clemson, obviously. Uh, Hopefully, as 60 Midnight says, though, Hopefully he falls on Sunday. Hopefully he does fall. 
<laughs> Wretched Toxic says, Mo about to wear his Lawrence jersey on Sunday. No, sir. No, no, sir. <laughs> I will say, though, I am very glad that, you know, at least, at least we won on betting the Cowboys last week. We took the points. Too many points. I followed Mike McCarthy's advice on that one. Mike McCarthy said, it is tough to win in this league regardless of the betting spread. And you know what? I said, hey, he's right. Let's take the Texans plus 18. And they, they covered that. So we are now, what are we? We were 10 and 2. Now we are 11 and 2 for the season on betting the Cowboys. So make sure you tune in to, to Thursday if you want to see what the best bet is to make on a Cowboys game. We are on a fantastic run on betting the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know what the bet will be, though, this Sunday. Still working on it for sure. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, what is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new to the show, every Tuesday night, we have this random segment, this feel-good segment in which we share our one cool thing of the week. So let me know in the chat what is yours. It can be something personal, something professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Drop your one cool thing of the week in the chat. Here is mine. I'm going with a sports-related thing this time around. The UFC had its pay-per-view on Saturday, UFC 282. And this Mexican eight-year-old kid showed up, Raul Rosas, first on the rage fighter to sign with the UFC because he technically signed when he was 17 years old after winning a fight in the Dana White's Contender Series, Raul Rosas, representing Mexico at 18 years of age, chokes his opponent out in the first round and then gets the mic, channels his inner Conor McGregor, the young version at least, not the current one, and, you know, dominates the mic as well. Raul Rosas might be a superstar for Mexico, and I'm excited about that. That is my one cool thing of the week. <laughs> Lumen says, one cool thing, my big brother, Paul. All my Christmas shopping is done, says Mark. Man, that feels so good. When you, when you put that, when you, when you check those boxes and you, you, you get the Christmas shopping done, that is definitely one cool thing. Holly says, I found out that my job is trying to fire me. Okay. Hey, shout out to Holly. If it is a one cool thing, I will accept it as a one cool thing for sure. One cool thing, the soccer players crying for a foul in a World Cup for a trip, <laughs> says Lenatic. I have three number one seats in fantasy football, says Toxic Tom. All 10 man leagues too. There you go. Mauricio, I bought another boat for work for now. Shout out to Joey Vela <laughs> with the Bosch pick. I love it. Well, uh, Six to Midnight says, Dallas Cowboys have won games in back-to-back -back seasons, 10 games in back-to-back -back seasons for the first time since 95-96. Love it. Ooh, Adam, went to the Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle show at the Golden One Arena last night. Man, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle rock. That, that is amazing. Mexican ref will officiate the World Cup game, France versus Morocco. That is right. One cool thing for sure. Cowboys quicked out a win, a win in the face of a loss as Gregory. Oh, man. I love that you guys are pouring in the chat. My wife is fabulous, says Scotty. Shout out to Scotty and shout out to Scotty's wife 
finished regular season in first place in fantasy football league, says Dylan, on to the playoffs. Oh, Bruce says that I skipped over his. I'm trying not to skip over any uh, anyone could think. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, Cowboys will show Lumen. <laughs> this is personal now, Lumen. Uh, they're coming for you. Cowboys will show Lumen how to beat AFC South teams. There you go. <laughs> I don't like that job anyway, says Holly. Holly, then, hey, one cool thing. Congrats. All right. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank you for it. Hey, I love, I love that you guys are super, you know, participative. Is that right? <laughs> in the in the comments with the one cool thing. I love when that happens. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night. You know what I will do? Right now, once once the show is over, I'm gonna watch Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro movie. Representing Mexico once more. <laughs> really excited for that movie, man. I've not sat down and watched a new movie in a while. I'm excited about it. Uh, thank you to Charlene. Thank you to everyone who joined the show, who took time of your day to tune in. That means a lot, man. That always means a lot. Do me a favor, though. Hit the like button. I'm going to ask for one more second of you. Hit the thumbs up. Remember to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And remember that prime time is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Some of you might not have finished your Christmas shopping. Check out Freeman Mazda and check out what they have to offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for all your comments. Love these. See you tomorrow night. Nos vemos. Adios. Bye-bye.